and welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another movie review. We'll be discussing Spiderhead, which debuted on Netflix June 17th. The movie was based on Escape from Spiderhead by George Saunders, directed by Joseph Kozinski, screenplay by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, Produced by Eric Newman, Chris Hemsworth, Rhett Reese, Paul Wernick, Agnes Chu, Geneva Wasserman, Tommy Harper, and Jeremy Steckler. We have a cast starring Chris Hemsworth as Steve Abnesti, Miles Tyler as Jeff, Jernay Smollett as Lizzie Tess. Halbrick as Heather, Bebe Betancourt as Emma, Mark Paggio as Mark Verlaine, Sam Delage as Adam, Joey Vera as Miguel, Daniel Reeder as Ryan, Ron Smick as Dave, Stephen Tongun as Ray, and Nathan Jones as Rogan. I feel with the exception of Rogan, I may be recall <laughs> other than the main cast that we spent a lot of time with none of those people on the list uh cinematography claudia or claudio miranda edited by steven marone music by joseph trapanese and there was quite a lot of music in this i actually really enjoyed that aspect of the movie so let us give a round of applause where credits do now let's get into the plot so this is a spider head is a state-of-the-art penitentiary there are a good deal amount of prisoners there as well at least it looks like around 10 to 20 maybe and they are being experimented using these drugs that seem to alter their moods in various ways the prison uh, is full of actual inmates but they're volunteers for this particular program to reduce their sentence time at least that's what i think (laughs) i don't know if that was implicitly implied until the end we knew that they were here i thought this was just a different type of penitentiary in itself but uh i guess that is um what they were in exchange for it also seems as if they have been bought into this idea that participating in this experimental trial is a way to alleviate the guilt and the shame of their crimes and and be able to contribute to society not only to society but for the betterment of society which is being uh cheerleaded on by the overseer who is steve amnesty played by hemsworth who is very charming very narcissistic and hilarious i'm just gonna throw this out here mvp definitely goes to chris hemsworth 
I have not watched a lot of what he has done outside of Thor Ragnarok. I'll be thoroughly transparent. I was not a fan of the first two Thor movies with the exception of Loki, (laughs) who I loved and adored, which made me very sad when the TV show came out and it did not work for me. But that is neither here nor there. But I thought he also did a really good job in his portrayal of a more dramatic Thor in the first. Uh, now what? I don't even know the one where they went back into. I don't remember all the Marvel movies. I'm not even gonna. They're like a blip to me in my mind. I know they are just treasures to a lot of people, millions and millions. I am just not one of those millions. I like Thor Ragnarok that's what i'm probably gonna reference because everything else i just remember his performance being really strong uh in the one movie that i saw when they i think it was endgame so i haven't seen anything else that he's been in i know he was in that man of black movie but i was not even interested in the trailer so i wasn't gonna waste my time with the actual two-hour event I can only be myself and I can only be honest. <laughs> I am not going to sugarcoat no nothing for no one. I don't have an issue with the actor. I just haven't been drawn to any of the projects that he has uh, been involved in. But this caught my eye, caught my attention. And his performance, and I thought he killed it because I bought into him being the insecure uh but overly charming uh you know thoroughly attractive guy like like he he understood his worth very clearly and he fed into that ego but it also was layered with these deep deep (laughs) insecurity feelings because he knows that his world is very much so orchestrated and he's got this cult of personality which he's fine with pushing on to other people but once you see that it once you you break down that veneer as we get to the end of the movie you see the true nature of the person come out and uh i thought that was a really great build up to that the way he portrayed it as someone who's just infallible even when (laughs) things go not his ways it's like jeezy pete's almost but then then when the mask is is taken away you get to see the real raw uh malevolent person that is steve abnesty but we're getting a little ahead of ourselves he has been working with jeff who we meet immediately after we meet the rwandan prisoner who is responsible for genocide and he's laughing about his own crimes and we don't know why because we don't have the context context yet but when it occurs we realize that they're trying out these different types of drugs based on some type of random numbers like i wait that was b6 n40 got to know that one very well i16 and then there was the laughing drug which is what we saw initially and it is all attached to this moby pack which is 
embedded into the spine so you had to agree to this procedure which means that you clearly have a certain like that these people are here because i'm not sure i feel as if what they're trying to drive at is that the people who would volunteer well because i can't buy that either i I think the evil person would do it just to get time off too so yeah (laughs) maybe it's just these two that in particular i don't know they didn't seem to care too much about fleshing out the premise of this and i'm okay with that did it get some points off definitely because there were so many questions in which one could ask oneself where no answers were provided but the performances kept me thoroughly engaged uh we meet lizzie well first we see him uh giving him in 40 taking him outside with two guards and i feel as if we saw the guards initially and then we rather had them dissipate into the background until it was a hundred percent necessary because those guards really need to explain what the fuck they were doing (laughs) to allow such uh unfortunate travesty to occur and is it because of steve deciding to be arrogant and say i don't need this extra security because he's getting the effect that he wants and that he gets off on that i can make a case for it but the movie does not explain to me explain to me steve works with assistant mark they're very excited about the fact that the love drug or what other the happy laughing drug are seeming to work on the test subjects there's a gold star for everyone that is successful that they are testing they go through this uh or they're monitored i should say through this room which is i'm not sure was it dual glass i wasn't no it is or is it i i can't I quite frankly can't tell (laughs) if they were able to see them or not i would think not if they uh, yeah i have to think it's soundproof but once again it's one of those question marks that maybe i just missed or maybe they didn't explain i'm not not clear but he goes outside clearly he's happy they celebrate he goes to meet up with his friend and fellow inmate lizzie who is a phenomenal cook and has been put on what did they call it uh cooking duty i don't know kitchen (laughs) they called it something else but i can't recall at this moment uh he really wanted to tell her something but he also knows that he's still high as a kite and thus she says we got nothing but time don't worry you can tell me then he has a girlfriend named emma though he seems rather reluctant to talk about it we find out that jeff had killed his friend while driving drunk after some type of beach fest party his girlfriend was there emma as well 
do we need to see him being thrown out of the car several times because that shit how the fuck did he get up off of the ground thought you were hot guess what you're not you are dead 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 the way your body twisted i don't care how fucking drunk you were you ain't a noodle you would have had some broken ass limbs if not your neck snapped you flew through that damn it's <laughs> like how the hell everyone else died and you walked away <laughs> i know i know it happens you there's math behind it science behind it maybe there's none of that behind it however you ain't fucking roll through the grass like that the way you just showed me like i even saw his his whole entire body flex it's not okay at least you got some ligament damage give me a limp something (laughs) but his friend dies he feels bad because he was drunk and driving recklessly then jeff is given the n40 love drug which makes him sexually attracted to heather who's brought into the room with him they've never met before uh he is told they're given verbal as well which helps them articulate what they are feeling without uh without hesitation so to speak or searching for words to describe what they are feeling and uh he says well what do you think about her and he's like i'll give her a 7.5 and she's like i give him a five on a good day fuck her right in the pussy then she goes i'm kind of a bitch well then i give her an eight i am disgusted but when they are given the love drug they cannot resist each other and they have sex and uh he even confesses or they both confess to loving each other and loving cuddling and they're in a good mood and then the drug runs wears off and it is so weird he goes to see lizzie doesn't tell her about what's going on we find out that she used to work in arizona that she won a barbecue contest that he recommended her for her duty because she just goes around serving people (laughs) and the great perk about this program is that everybody gets their own rooms you just have to do chores and you get to roam around without any supervision you could even go into steve's office because he has an open door policy except jeff doesn't call him steve he calls him mr abnesty and he gets so pissed off every time people do it he's like i said steve say my name say my name you acting kind of shady ain't calling me baby why the sudden change say my name say my name and no one is around you say baby i love you if you ain't running game even when lizzie said it no mr abnesty he's like whoa did my father walk in they then uh rather force them to have sex uh force him because he does not want to have sex because when heather walked in yeah i can have sex with that despite her personality but um 
when he's confronted with old woman i don't even know what her name is <laughs> with the sagging fucking skin looking at him like he's a hot snack and he's looking at her like oh no and uh they end up having sex he's like is she and i was like uh no oh that's gross it's so gross because i immediately know what they was referencing in the arms of the angel. after that he tells uh he tells mark when he's switching out his drugs that you know i wish there were some things you can forget which makes him feel really bad because if you think about it you're being forced to have sex with these people and you're thinking that it's your will and it's not your free will which we get to at the end but even so it doesn't feel like free will in this moment because he's like i wish i can just escape that from my fucking brain not only that y'all had that those make people raw dogging and that's not okay you can't do that to his fucking dick his dick is now ptsd from the fact that he was just in that disease ridden thing i'm not trying to knock her but she looked real nasty um (laughs) that was a contradictory statement clearly (laughs) but nobody no i'm sorry ain't no young person want to be up in that no that's not nobody if you're into grannies that's on you but most of us should be naturally grossed out moving on yeah so you can't see he can't look lizzie in the eye my dick fell off heather can't look him in the eye either nasty over there is like please remember me (laughs) and mark is tasked with watching them to see if they have residual feelings of love afterwards it turns out jeff does not not at all but then he is given a choice between heather and nasty to give them darkened flux which is a drug that induces intense physical and psychological pain this is something that jeff was given already and understands the the effect of it so he chooses not to pick one saying that he doesn't feel anything for either of them even using verbicule and that the only reason that he doesn't want them to suffer is because he knows what that suffering is he has empathy and that they he has no feelings of the love drug like it's temporary it doesn't it's not real it's manufactured love uh he tells them okay don't worry you don't have to think about it then he's also put in a situation where uh what's his face (laughs) rogan and him are put into a room (laughs) because when he barges in uh after the fact was that before or after i don't know he barged in quite a few times but the first time he barged in he's just like yo 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 you come on man and i like the way he plays his guilt trip he uses manipulation he uses their quote-unquote friendship and he really wants that friendship to be authentic even though it itself is manufactured 
he very much uses a lot of emotional manipulation to get his way even with his assistant mark who's a little reluctant as well to use this particular drug but he's like look we only have to do it this one time and it'll be for the greater good of humanity and he continues he he reminds me of marco naros a little bit the way you know they could they try to pull you into their lies and it's just more and more lies Uh, and whatever they need to play on whatever button they need to push to get you to do what they want to do that's the button they're really good at pushing for you and the fact that they that he also knows these people's deepest darkest secrets uh is um is even more of a a massive ego stroke for him because he has this dominance over not only the environment but the people in said environment which uh goes back to to his own insecurities which is abandonment and (laughs) daddy issues so the next day or yeah the the scene that was hilarious when rogan was like what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) when he looked over and he realized what could possibly be be being asked of him to do he's like i was dying he's like absolutely not and (laughs) when rogan found out he's like oh you would have been lucky but then he puts it together that he's having heather who's had sex with both men choose who to give the uh <laughs> that's what he barged in choose to give the 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 the, the, the fucked up one dark and flocks too and because she's on verbicule and could be nothing but honest she's like yeah basically that's what he's trying to convince me to do <laughs> he's like get the fuck out you're not helping this situation then he points out look at all the things i've done to you and then he also makes himself not the bad guy i'm just the you know i'm just a put i'm a pusher like you i put my neck out for you the cost that that uh that i'm putting i have an open door policy let's not abuse those privileges you don't want locks on the door do you 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 just you know all you have to do is this little tiny thing for me i need you to think about it um see if this is something that you can decide on and uh he feels really fucked up about it and he's like look i'm sorry it's this the dark and flocks it, it it uh it, it fucked with me but he also notices that he locked up this notebook which sir <laughs> that lock is not even that fucking secure anyone can find anything well they did say lock up when he was playing golf lock up the golf club so maybe they don't have access to any type of weapons to that certain extent but he also he meets up when he's playing with the game with lizzie once again she gives him some meatballs but she also is a little hurt that he decided to stop hanging out with her and he says once again there's something he needs to tell her but he's interrupted for his phone call with emma he calls emma and he tells her look i'm sorry uh but i met someone and maybe i won't have to continue to bother you name lizzie because she reminds me a little bit of you 
he then opens up to lizzie about the choice he's being forced to make he's really shaking just even thinking about someone going through that same experiment uh experience she said earlier that he's a good person uh she says that you have a good soul later on and he says that he's been ever since he's been here he's been forgetting himself day after day and they're trying to ignore their connection you know because she reaches out and lays her hand on him and but then he reaches back out this very much was like a study of falling in love all the things that you tend to do when you're falling in love because (laughs) he started he was already halfway there because he's like you notice that we finish each other's sentences uh i was actually gonna say need more bowls but um sure that's not uh awkward at all do you got a crush on me because i got a crush on you too and that's when he tells her that being with her is the only time that he really feels like himself then they're holding hands once again he was doing the etch a sketch which that is the worst game ever my mom got me one was like yeah i mean it's not the, the i won't say the worst thing it's the most frustrating because i don't know how the fuck you get that good where you can actually do that that's not realistic <laughs> someone's like oh with this competition some people doing this all i don't give a fuck i was not able to accomplish that if at, at 10 years old and thus it is a stupid game <laughs> i will not hear of it otherwise but he did uh, have like a fire on there then he starts drawing a photo of her not a photo but you know what i mean and once again he is put to the test of this decision except he's told that the quote-unquote higher-ups <laughs> have chosen him <laughs> to decide uh that they have chosen for him actually and they're gonna give the dose to heather and then he still keeps trying to like it's only gonna be for five minutes he's like no he's like come on no it's gonna be for five minutes it's gonna be fine he's like can you just try for me and you can see that he's pushing back against the acknowledgement now that you know what he was trying to really go after in this moment and uh yeah he, he won't go against his ethics he goes to the kitchen and talks to lizzie talks about the copper pots that's when he was like oh what is my dad (laughs) (laughs) then he starts to make he's like you know what you surprised me or because she was like oh i meant to thank you for the copper pots after he brings them up like oh you didn't thank me for the copper pots even though he did oh oh good good with the psyche on this on on building this character because you know oh man you fit that role so very well (laughs) and uh he kind of alludes to the fact that he knows her file and he's like no you i should be sorry for misjudging you you know you get the wrong ideal about people you know and you're just so nice and then she's like uh does anyone else know no it's our little secret just another way to keep him keep them under your thumb like i have this thing over you that you would not want anyone in here to know about gotcha bitch he gets off on the power trip he goes back makes up some lie about talking to the higher-ups and that's our first indication that there are no (laughs) higher-ups this is a one-man running crew and he finally gets jeff to acknowledge but the shit goes really terrible because she ends up 
getting the max dosage all three because she ends up uh backing up and flooding the meta pack or whatever the fuck pack the moby pack on the back of their which connects to your spine that is just one tricky one tricky like i can understand if it was like in my arm (laughs) in my spine that just feels not very safe like you're breaking all of the master protocols it's like the same idea of putting something in my brain it's like whoa 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 dripping drugs into my uh, into an iv we have some concept of that but putting things in places they're not supposed to be that's that's when we know automatically we've crossed an ethical line uh and to everyone's dismay particularly mark and (laughs) steve because he gets mad because he said mr but he's like you're gonna call me steve okay you're gonna call me steve he's like i don't want to fucking call you steve because we don't have that relationship we're not friends and i love that the two people that call don't call him steve clearly was like yeah there's just something not right about that guy he uh he plays on his guilt too you know other people don't have to die in car accidents if these drugs you know if only we had these drugs to stop oh man he's uh it's definitely (laughs) a master manipulator but she ends up killing herself because it takes mark all of 45 minutes to run to the next room before she (laughs) dramatically stabs herself and then feels the need to turn around and smear blood on (laughs) that was really silly just for the dramatic effect that you needed the blood on i would have preferred not to have that she just stabbed herself then mark gets there then you know he runs out of the room because he's freaking the fuck out too he ends up dropping his keys and that gives jeff the opportunity to look at that notebook of his and he realizes on some stationery that absentee pharmaceuticals is the company that steve owns and that there are no higher ups he finds the bingo card he starts putting the pieces of the puzzle together and he is appalled i uh, the, the the best part of this scene was when steve put his hand on his shoulder <laughs> covered in blood like it's all right it's cool don't worry about it it's not your fault these niggas crazy as fuck he was on a barbecue so he was narrating this whole entire tragedy so yeah we all know that he actually believes it's his fault mark is freaking out and he very subtly put basically says look if you report this you know we're i'm not the only person going to jail you're going to jail too you're culpable in this just as much and then they send the one guy in there to clean up that's fucked up so he's desensitized to the fact that he's cleaning up blood and he was a prisoner at Rwanda. that's actually a double smack in the face if he really was uh you know maybe repentant of those those uh past crimes tossing that trauma back in one's face is just not okay uh <laughs> and then he goes well don't rem- don't just you know research is like this things go like this he's also self-dosing we find out uh something that mark warns him but he's like no 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 i've already come up with a brand new bullshit reason of why i'm doing what i'm doing is because so when you know eventually this comes out and we marketed this shit 
you know i can say i stand behind it because i did it to myself it's over anakin i have the high ground jeff washes the blood off of his shirt uh steve's like look 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 here's my same bullshit and you're going to eat it up because technically i know what b6 is and you don't (laughs) so he decides to to cheer him up so they get to hide together on the laughing drug and then he's like what's your darkest secret what the fuck is wrong with you as a person he's like uh i'd rather not plus it's not like you don't have my whole entire uh file where it clearly tells you and he really just didn't care about what his dark secret is or he really did want him but he's like i'm gonna go first (laughs) my daddy left me he said we were going to camp except it was a foster home and he never came back jeff over there like no dude even with the laughing gas that shit is just not funny (laughs) then they turn it down he's like but seriously we're friends right because i like being your friend and he's like yeah i'm gonna go find my actual friend named lizzie and i'm gonna tell her all about this crazy shit that i've been going through um (laughs) they find a little secret spot and they end up kissing and probably doing a lot more than kissing they go find a late night snack he tells her about the horrible things people have done and we're just like the normal people because he finally admits that his girlfriend emma was in the car and that she died that he watched her blow up in flames because he couldn't get her out of the vehicle and that's all in sad and shit but he's he's got feelings for her he didn't want to tell her because he was ashamed and as they are enjoying a late night snack saying they are very bad steve comes in like oh you guys are up late that's cool that's cool that's cool i'm just getting me a snack over here too because i'm cool and i don't care that you guys are up late together but don't stay up too late you know um and then they both say the same thing and steve gets a boner because he realized these are the telltale signs of a man in love because that's what like syncing up moving toward each other everybody's read this shit in cosmo stop playing uh (laughs) he then um decides that we're going to give dark influx to his new girlfriend and jeff is gonna do it he's gonna hit the button and uh (laughs) homeboy is not with it i mean he put bass in his voice and everything i will send you to jesus he tells him let's back it up a notch because it's clear you about to smack me in the face and i don't have any bodyguards so he has mark change his bobby pack for some reason mark realizes holy shit this is what he's after he's trying to get someone that cares about someone else to hurt them and inflict pain what am i doing with my life jeff shuts the door and says look aren't you tired (laughs) do you feel like you're making the wrong choices in life just stop take a look around don't you see this guy's evil yes i figured this shit out do you understand what you're doing to us as people do you get that i'm not about to do what he's about to ask 
and you know that we have gone too far and this is time to stop and mark is like i've just been waiting for someone to talk some sense into me so when he goes back and he says yes i am going to acknowledge to give and minister dark and flocks to lizzie he gives him the the phone for him to do it except he says no i decline i will not say no once again that is not not con- not co- conducive to uh what steve wants and thus he finally for the first time loses his shit and says uh do you want to know who this person really is that you're so in love with because you can't be in love with and i thought this was a really well acted scene as uh it's revealed that she's the mother that killed her child that she left her child in a hot car uh while she was working for three hours and the baby died and she says you can hurt nothing can hurt me because i nothing can get over what i've done she's like i know you think you love me but there's nothing in me to that's worth loving and uh it's it's very heartbreaking in this moment because he sees who she is as a person but he also but like clearly that's one of the most shameful things that you could possibly think of i will say the only thing with this is almost like my pet peeve with every uh scene that i ever see where, <laughs> where you're more where it's supposed to be a morning mother and you're just like yeah no 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 there'd be so much more like uh annalise not annalise viola davis playing annalise when she lost her child that's that's how a black mama will react at the thought of losing her child. i thought she did a well go good job in the scene um convincing me of her guilt but it did feel a little like when she's just putting her head down i was like oh no that shit would just come out raw <laughs> your makeup be more than just smear girl you got snot you gotta let that know they don't you don't really want to see snot on the camera though that's 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 just that's true i mean as much as i would love to say be all authentic nobody wants to see that shit i will never forget my baby um james mcavoy when they and they cut it out for future films but he had did this spit take and they left it there and i was like oh my god that's so distracting he was in the first x-men movie you probably can't see it anymore but lord jesus like i know you'd stay in the scene but you, no nobody wants to see that you gotta edit that shit out <laughs> for everybody involved but no no i thought the scene was very well acted um finding out about that that's a horrible thing to find out about that it's a horrible thing that you know you have to live with that's the thing you have to live with that and she doesn't seem like an evil person just someone who made a terrible 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 mistake uh in the same way that uh same way he made a terrible mistake it's a different you know it cost her more um but it cost him a lot as well so he of course would understand he's like nothing's gonna change how i feel about you just because you know of what you've done i know you've done something clearly we're here so it's not about who we are who we were before is who we're trying to be moving forward and i think that was the whole point of the love story um and learning to forgive yourself uh even when it's hard to do so otherwise you'll just be uh 
you'll be tools for megalomaniacs that are brilliant billionaires that have serious issues like uh don't be weird (laughs) it's weird don't be weird (laughs) one of my favorite lines (laughs) um so this last little scene was just silly uh so i wasn't like we had a different a few different um changes of music genre but i i like the turn here where after the reveal he takes control of steve's moby pack after he thinks that he's given her the dark influx uh he ends up giving him dark influx and then he also gives him b6 which makes him tell the truth about the fact that it's about compliance absolute utter compliance and obedience obdx was the name of the drug that he was going to market because this is better for the world because why not and then (laughs) a fight ensues where uh he gets the better hand of jeff uh, and he ends up giving and this is a real petty moment like the way in which he revealed lizzie's past the way he held it over her you know um and then him just deciding to giving her the the fool like i gave her three of them i want you to know that she's suffering and then breaks the phone uh so that he could not help her and more fighting ensues then he sees that poor lizzie is trying to choke herself to death and that gives him because you know love gives you all the strength he gets his girl solidifies their love she says she's sorry she he lied she lied then they decide to he's like i'm getting her off this island because the biggest twist is when he finds out that he got paroled seven months ago and lizzie just got paroled (laughs) a week ago so they've been free ass people and he's been holding these people against their will so he runs off or he also flooded his own um moby pack so they run off but not before he gets all of the inmates to to try to stop them from escaping while he escapes out of his float plane (laughs) the best the funniest part is when they just had the little solo duo fights but just lizzie beating that bitch's ass for no reason like you nasty i know what you was thinking the whole entire time i don't even need to know that you fucked him but the thought that you because she probably was making making comments like i fucked him your friend over there the one you like mm-hmm, i fucked him she's like i'm gonna beat your ass bitch not today not tomorrow <laughs> but at some point i'm gonna beat your ass uh they end up escaping the island on a motorboat and i'm not even sure why they just couldn't wait for the police <laughs> since they were showing up with mark who's like yeah i need to bring someone to this island where we're keeping people hostage <laughs> and then jeff has like a voiceover self-forgiveness has to be chosen as we see and they both start laughing at the fact that steve crashed his plane (laughs) into the mountain high on drugs
how was this received uh the reception review for rotten tomatoes gives it 41 percent out of 111 critics reviews are positive with an average rating of 5.4 out of 10 the website's consensus reads spiderhead's top shelf cast and well-written source material almost enough to compensate for its frequent failure to live up to its potential uh, metacritic which used a weighted average assigned the film a score of 54 out of 100 based on 33 critics including mixed or average reviews um i gave it a higher score i gave it an 8.5 out of 10 just because the, the, the performances really were uh what made the film it was entertaining it wasn't horrible like yes it could have gotten so much further than it would be but it almost didn't need to because then then it would you would have even more questionable you know it was kind of like a well thought out concept centered around another true another story about human nature and because the human nature aspect was the true um motivator here i'm i would give it a higher score versus focusing on the potential of how this could have uh possibly gone further out now i don't know much about what this is based on so maybe it does have a certain following that has fleshed out this world and maybe they had wanted more that's fair but as someone who don't doesn't know anything I, i thought it was a fun watch it's not a waste of time uh i i once again really like chris Hemsworth's performance and i would not say i was a particularly huge fan of of that particular actor so the fact that he sold me on uh enjoying myself and then everyone else the just the little silly things and in the comedy i thought it was just it was fun it was fun was it the best thing in the world but it certainly uh certainly was entertaining so that is my score for this movie if you have lingering feelings blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share and subscribe until next time peace hair grease and blacker magic